Welcome to the Queer Voices Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Larissa Russell. Join us today and each week as we talk to people from the LGBT plus community to share their stories, the good, the bad, and the inspirational. Sharing stories, making connections, saving lives. Welcome. I'm Larissa Russell of Queer Voices, and today I have with me Joy Love. Joy uses they, them pronouns. Joy is a 22-year-old and is an intuitive self-love and empowerment coach. Joy works with motivated self-healers to empower themselves with radical self-love and acceptance to transform their doubts and fears into self-trust so they can have a relationship with themselves that feels healthy and wholesome. As with many queer humans, they didn't start out having the most loving and amazing relationship with themselves. Joy came from abuse and rejection and has turned that pain into their power. Joy is passionate about using their gifts to help others heal themselves. So welcome, Joy. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. It's been really interesting to get to know so many other people in the community. And because I've been in in the community for a long time, Mm -hmm. um, I'm a much older individual than you are. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really been great to talk to some of the younger people and see yeah. how things have changed so much. So I think that's really important. So you, you had told me a little bit, uh, you know, about your coming out. Can you share some of that and how that went for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my coming out, just like a lot of people's, wasn't super you know smooth and like welcomed with open arms and there wasn't a cake cutting or anything um it was pretty traumatic honestly like there was there was none of that acceptance there was none of that you know we're good and you're good and everything's good it was very much um religious in my family and so when I came out there was a lot of um there was a lot of damnation for lack of a better word um and it felt terrible, you know, looking back on it now, um, I'm aware that, you know, that's my parents and where they're at. And that was all that they could give me at the time, you know, but it still hurt and it still does. So it's, uh, it's a lot to look back on and, and kind of pick apart now and um, look at it from a different perspective and look at it from um, a place of a little bit more emotional intelligence and understanding than, you know, 15 year old me should have ever had to, because at the time, all that I needed and all that any queer kid needs when they come out is to be loved and to be told like, okay, great. <laughs> that doesn't make a difference to me. I still love you unconditionally, you know? Um, and to not have that at that age was really devastating. You know, looking back on it now, I can, I can definitely see, um, it for what it was you know and that gives me a little bit more peace about how it happened but but it definitely still comes with that pain for mm-hmm. sure and do you have a different relationship with your parents now than you did then yeah actually um after i came out it was a couple of years of just like real awkwardness and like a lot of fighting about it um because i still live with my parents as 15 when i came out Um, And so I had a few years living in the home with them still and kind of trying to like um, balance like being myself with also like feeling safe at home, Mm -hmm. you know, so I definitely held back a lot of who I was because I had to. Um, Now, since I've moved out, and that was probably the single biggest gift I've ever given to myself was to move out into my own place by myself, you know, Um, I did have another queer roommate at the time as well, which was nice. Um, 
my relationship with myself has changed so much and it's allowed me to be more of myself with my parents, despite, you know, not always feeling totally accepted. Um, you know, I've got the confidence now to be myself despite that. And um, my relationship with my parents, I don't think will ever be um, that like picture perfect, um, you know, loving, supporting, amazing, you know, like Charlie D'Amelio family type of relationship, if you know what I mean. Um, but I think that because my parents have also been through a lot and, you know, have their traumas of their own that were, that they're working on as well, we're just making, uh, making our relationship work the best way that we can with the resources that we have. And um, it definitely feels a lot better and more safe now than it did before because of that work. So I'm thankful for the relationship that my parents and I have now. Um, it's come a long way, still has a long way to go, just like any relationship does, you know? And um, yeah, but I'm, I'm content at least mm -hmm. with where we're at now and it feels okay. And, and that comes from a lot of healing work on your own part, right? Like doing mm -hmm. that work yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, as you as you come and I found this for my own self when as you come into your own authenticity it it helps you to deal with how other people react to you mm -hmm. much more, right? Even if they are not accepting, you have ways to navigate that as you come into your own. Yeah, no, totally. That's exactly it. I think that's huge when it comes to um, you know, being in relationship with anybody. If you know who you are and you are able to identify what is authentically you. Um, not only does it empower you to just be that when you're with anybody, but it also, it also shows you which relationships are good for you because you know what it feels like to be yourself and to feel like it's okay to be yourself with that person. Yeah. You know, it's easy to get into bad relationships and that doesn't mean romantic necessarily, even friendships, you know, um, that don't feel good to you when you don't know who you are, because you think that the way that you're feeling and the way that you're acting and stuff is just normal and okay. And then once you realize like, Oh, I'm not really being myself. You start to recognize like the uh, you know, maybe red flags or whatever you want to call them about how people make you feel and you know, what it feels like to really actually be accepted as your true authentic self, you know, and um, that really does happen when you know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think as a, as a 15 year old that can't, you know, no. expect that you're going to know who you are when no. you're going through all of your own things, you know, no, no. but as you grow, those things do change. And mm -hmm. as you work on yourself, and I think ultimately it's, it's not just the age as you grow up, but also the work you do. Mm -hmm. So reminding people that, you know, you still have to do the work. It doesn't matter how you identify, you still have to do the work <laughs> to become an authentic human being. Exactly. I work with much older women on a day-to-day -day basis, um, typically women I work with, but who are, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and mm -hmm. are just trying to step into their most authentic self. Right. So, you know, it's a, it's a lifelong process, but the, the yeah. more work you do, the easier it gets. Absolutely. Yeah. There's yeah. no, there's no timeline in particular. It's just when you want to do it. Yeah. Do you want to do it for me in my twenties 
when, uh, you know, when I have all the time in the world to make mistakes and figure out who I am and do all those things, you know, or do I want to wait until I'm much later in life and I've formed tons of friendships and relationships that were, didn't have a great foundation even because I didn't have a clue who I was, you know, um, and that's what motivates me most of all to, to do this work now when I'm, when I'm young and when I have the time to do it and all of these things, because, um, you know, not the time ever really runs out, but I would rather continue on, you know, forward in my life, having done the work and having to continue doing the work, you know, and attracting the people into my life that are the best for me and for my growth and, you know, and treat me really well because I treat myself well and I know what that looks like, Mm -hmm. you know? So in my opinion, the earlier, the better, whenever you're ready or you, you know, sometimes don't feel ready even, um, but you feel safe to do so. I think that's the main thing really, you know, Mm -hmm. for me, that was moving out and finding a safe place of my own. You know, it's really hard to do that work when you're living in an abusive situation. It's nearly impossible, but you can start just doesn't feel the same as it does when you're safe. You know, um, I definitely started doing a lot of inner work and self-talk when I was living at my parents' house, you know, as a teenager, but I didn't realize how good it could feel until I had moved out and I had my own place. And um, that self-talk that I was doing felt a lot more real because I wasn't also hearing negative messages when I walked out of my bedroom. So Yeah, absolutely. And can I ask how you got started with that? Because I don't, you know, as teens, we typically go through a really difficult, you know, trying to figure everything out. So how did you learn to, to change that messaging for yourself? Right. Um, Most of it was social media, to be honest. Um, There are a lot of psychologists and self healers and resources on like Instagram and Facebook. Um, it's actually mind blowing how many psychologists have moved their practices almost entirely online and they create graphics daily and videos and things like that to really help you to validate your experience. I think that was the biggest thing for me at the beginning really was, was helping, um, or was having other people help me validate my own experience, you know, because when you grow up in it, you just think it's normal until you start talking to people or hearing their stories and, how they've healed from that exact story that you've been through. And you're like, Oh, I have to heal from that. Oh my God. (laughs) I thought this was okay. You know, um, even if it didn't feel okay, you didn't really, I didn't really realize that that was not something that just people went through and it was, it's the norm. So it's finding that resource, those resources online, you know, and I still continue to follow the exact same people, you know, and more I've added more to that repertoire on Instagram of people who create, you know, graphics and things, telling me about boundaries, like what boundaries are, that they exist. You know, I was never taught that as a kid. So I figured it out via Instagram and then via trial and error, you know, um, with safe people first as it felt right. And and later on when I felt safe to keep myself safe, you know, um, to do that with my parents and with siblings and, and family members and things like that. So it takes a lot of practice, but I think the real getting started for me was like looking up on the internet, how do I feel okay when this happens? Or is it okay that I feel this way? Nine times out of 10, you'll find somebody else on the internet who's like, yeah, I went through that exact same thing. It's okay to feel like that. And you're like, oh my God, that feels so good. <laughs> you yeah, know, to know that, that validation. Mm-hmm, to know that I'm not alone. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. so important. I think, and I think that's a lot of times, um, 
and I think that's one of the, well, I say, I think, but I know one of the reasons I started this podcast is because I, I feel like the youth really do need to know that they are valid in their feelings and they're valid in, you know, they're going through everything. So for that validation, right. Yeah. Because um, yeah, our suicide rate is just astronomical in our community. And I think it is, yeah. it, it, it's not necessary because mm-hmm. we need to change and shift the way other people think about us. But um, internally, we need to do the work ourselves so that we are stronger to deal with yeah. how other people think about us. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think that's super important. So um, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to offer today for our listeners or anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, I think without trying to be a cliche and say that it gets better, I think, um, you know, that isn't really like a, a finished statement. I think that it does get better, but it gets better because of a lot of things. You know, you come into yourself, you find people, whether you believe it or not, that will accept and love you unconditionally because they are out there. You know, um, very little in this world is absolute. And I think that's really important to remember when you're going through, um, you know, a rough time or feeling like there's never going to be an end to this because there always is. Yeah. you always yeah. find your way out of it and you always will find support, you know, and, um, and you can find support. It might be scary to reach out to certain supports, but, you know, they're always available to you. And, um, and I think it's huge to remember that you have the power to change your life at any given moment. You might feel very disempowered. I know exactly what that's like. So I know how hard it is to, to like look at that you know, powerful self, you in the future that you're like, I just don't think I'm ever going to get there, but I'm, I'm here living proof that, you know, looking back on myself seven years ago when I first came out, like, like, are you kidding? You became that, you did that, you love yourself, you don't hate yourself. Like it's wild because at 15 years old, I had no idea. There was no conceivable thought in my mind that would say that seven years from now, you would pour love into yourself every single day and the people around you would love you and accept you unconditionally. You know, I didn't even have the like words to say how that would feel at the time and look where I am now. You know, it's not, it's not possible that, you know, nothing will ever change for you. That's not, it's not true. Nothing like that is absolute. So I think if you're going through, you know, the roughest times in your life, and that's what you're thinking about. If you can remember anybody saying it, remember me saying it, you know, it's not possible that things will not get better for you. You might not see it yet. You probably don't see it yet. And even if you don't, that doesn't mean it's not true. Yeah. And I think that's a really important message, right? Um, as trite as it sounds when you're going through a difficult time, it does that, get yeah. better. It does get better. <laughs> Um, I know you don't want to hear that when you're going through something, mm-hmm. um, but just recognizing that that there are people out there who care and it's finding that community for yourself, finding those resources, and, and that's really important. Yeah, I definitely don't say that to mean, you know, the things that you're going through are small or not important and huge as they feel like they are because they are to you. Absolutely, they are. Again, I've been there, but um, yeah, it does get better. And that sounds really cliche to say, because we say it so often, but 
that's why I like finishing that sentence with how and why and when, you know, it's not, it's not like it just gets better at some point, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And um, to our listeners, thank you for being here again to witness another story in the life of our community. Thanks for listening to Queer Voices. Our goal with Queer Voices is to help our youth know that they're not alone. Our suicide rate for LGBT plus youth is as much as eight times higher than hetero youth. This is not acceptable. When our youth find acceptance, this number drops significantly. Save a life today. Show your child or an LGBT youth in your life that you care. Make sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes so we can help get the word out. Sharing stories, making connections, saving lives.